Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Today's sponsor is one that I am super familiar with and I have worked with uh, to help launch over a dozen campuses. Uh, also, I'm super quick to refer, lots of supers today, I'm super quick to refer them to other churches who are doing the same. My friends over at Portable Church Industries sell audio-video lighting, kids' ministry environments, community storage systems to help churches that are wanting to meet in rented venues. Listen, with 2020, everything that's happened this year, you need a good partner like Portable Church Industries. If you're currently portable, thinking about being portable, wrestling through issues about being portable, you need to reach out and talk to them. What I truly love about these folks is they provide a crafted approach. They really understand your church, figure out ways to increase guest engagement, volunteer retention, and a system that makes it easy for you to keep launching and multiplying more campuses. The world needs more campuses more now than ever before. Launching portably allows you to launch fast and at a low cost, which is what we all need right now. The team over at Portable Church makes it sustainable and ultimately fun. Listen, go over to my partner page at portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary to learn more and find resources tailored to Portable Church, uh, to Portable multi-site campuses, Portable, you know, church plants, all kinds of solutions. Again, that's portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary. I love these guys. I've said this time and again. They are people who love the local church. Uh, sure, they're a business, but they want to serve you. So again, that's portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary uh, for all your portable needs. If you're currently a portable church, this would be a great time to reach out to them to get an idea of how they can help you improve your system as we come into the end of 2020 and pivot into next year. All right, friends, super excited for today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have tuned in. Every week on our podcast, our our job, what we try to do is to bring you church leaders that will both inspire you, but then also equip you, not not only kind of give you a vision for the future, but then also give you some practical tactics and kind of next steps uh, to take. And today is no exception. I'm super excited. We have a two-for-one special today. Uh, we've got Kyle and Justina Brownlee, pastors Kyle and Justina Brownlee from an incredible church, experienced church, that I really want you to lean in and follow. This is an amazing church. Uh, they started in 2012. Uh, located in Ohio. The thing I love about that is Ohio is not the kind of place you think of when you think of fast-growing churches, but Experience Church is growing there, which you know we love to profile churches who aren't necessarily in wherever the Bible Belt is, which I'm not sure where that is anymore. Um, but super excited to have Kyle and Justina with us. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Why don't we start with Justina? Tell us a little bit of the history of the church. Kind of give us a bit of the background. How did the church get started? Uh, you know, give us that kind of a little bit of that story. Yeah, I'd love to. So um, Kyle was actually in ministry at Teen Challenge. Maybe some listeners have heard of Teen Challenge before, and we were living in South Dakota. We just felt the call to plant a church. And we had no idea what that meant to the point that we had to Google how to start a church. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the best way to start a church, but it, it worked. And so we got we got partnered up with an organization called ARC and uh, Association mm-hmm. of Related Churches. And, and they really helped train us and equip us and get us on the journey. And 
Then we just continued to pray. We had some friends that lived in Defiance, Ohio, is the city that we live in. It's a very small, I think it's worth mentioning, it's a rural community. And so we're Mm. really passionate about not only seeing growing churches that it's possible to have a growing church in this season, but even in a rural community where it would be considered, Mm -hmm. I think we're a population of around 16,000 in our community, specifically in Defiance. And so... Well, the Lord called us to Defiance with some other friends that that co-founded and planted with us. And that's really the story of how we got started and how we got called to Ohio. We weren't looking for Ohio. It just, God directed us there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. And Kyle, why don't you give us a sense of kind of the the picture of the church today? So like, uh, obviously this has been a strange year, so there's always the like pre-COVID and then where we are now. Uh, Give us a kind of a bit of the story today of, of where is, you know, where is experience today? Yeah, so we um, we were portable like most church plants for um, almost eight years, meeting at a YMCA and uh, in a four court basketball gymnasium. And um, we actually found a, a, one of a, a strip mall in our community had a, a big box store go out of business, and so we renovated the entire uh, forty five thousand square foot uh, building and had just moved in. To a, a oh, finally no. a permanent home, man. We had been talking <laughs> oh, no. and praying and longing for the day. Uh, oh, I think it was the first week, first Sunday in December of 2019, and so we uh, and we hit the ground running. Christmas was incredible. We were um, seeing just you know so many people encounter Jesus. Attendance was up. All the church planner, pastor things were high fiving each other, and then obviously COVID hit in March and um, changed everything. So um, yeah, that was, we, everybody became instant um, uh, TV preachers and taping and production. And uh, so we, you know, we're thankful that we had a a building because we know a lot of church planners uh, didn't have a permanent space. And so we were grateful that we had a place that we could utilize during that season. Um, And so we, we were, uh, doing church at home and online for a few months. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think the first week in June, we came back meeting in person slowly, obviously with social distancing and and all that. And we were actually the last church in our community to start meeting together, uh, predominantly because we were one of the biggest ones in our community. Um, but we've been meeting together since June. So almost five months now and and protocols and all that. And and um, yeah, so we we're, we're we're back at it, but we've also you know in, in this COVID season, it, it forced us to to be more intentional about a broadcast um, online experience that we weren't fully doing before. We weren't putting worship on there, and COVID fo- fo- uh, forced us to to put some of those measures in place. And so that's kind of in a nutshell where we're at today. Yeah, that's fantastic. I know um, so many churches tell that story of like we something we just started something new and then boom, it hit. Um, you know, the paint would have just dried on the building, and yes. uh, and 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 we've pivoted into, you know, where we find ourselves now. Now, God has done an amazing thing through your through your church. We, um, you know, we were joking before we got on. Um, we have an, a connection way back from when you first started, but it's been fun kind of seeing the story of experience. Um, the thing that strikes me is your church has 
continue to be the kind of church that even in this season is looking for ways to kind of get people out of their seats and into the streets to focus on on helping in the community kind of be an outwardly focused church. I'd love to talk a little bit about that. Uh, why do you think so many churches struggle? And maybe I'll start, we'll keep with you for Kyle for a second. Why do you think so many churches struggle with this whole inward focus thing? Why, why is it that we struggle with just being so kind of myopic and focused on ourselves? Um, why is yeah. that? Yeah, I think, you know, for us, uh, going beyond the walls is a phrase that we use. Um, it's not something we do. It's who we are. And I, I think um, in church planning, in in ministry, it, it can be so easy to get focused on uh, what's happening within the walls that we forget about going beyond the walls. And so I think it's something that um, it just needs to be a part of our culture, not something we just do every once in a while. Like, um, that we would go for the one. And I was even mm-hmm. just thinking about our time together today. I was thinking about that scripture that he who has been forgiven much loveth much. And it, it really stems from what God's done in our lives, what God's done in my life, that man, he, he rescued my soul. Like I was broken. I was hurting. I spent three and a half years incarcerated, uh, drug addiction. And yet when love came down, man, he changed everything. And I think as a pastor, as a Christian, if I'm going to sit back and wait for people to come through the doors, I'm missing the gospel. I'm missing the great commission that God has called us as Christians, as pastors, as leaders, as people who have encountered a love that never fails to go to the people, to go love Mm. them, because that's Mm -hmm. what really changed my life. I, I didn't walk through the, the doors of a church. The church came to me. The church loved me right where I was at. And before I opened up my heart to God, uh, I opened my heart up to people. It was people that God used that loved me in a place where I felt like I wasn't lovable, in a place that they forgave me, they extended grace when I felt like, man, who does that? And, and because people came for me, the one, and loved me in that place, man, it opened my heart up to like, well, then maybe... Maybe I'll open my heart up to God. I want to know more about your God who, who saved you and delivered you. And so I think we just always have to keep that at the forefront of our churches, of our ministry, of our staffs, of our, of our people. And this, this is who God's called us to be. If we have a building, great. If we're portable, great. It doesn't stop us from going beyond the walls and loving people right where, we're, where, where they're at, because that's what God did for us. He loved us right where we were at. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Justino, can you give us a sense of maybe a story or two about the kind of the way that you've lived that out as a church over the years? How how has that value? Because um, I think there's a lot of church leaders that would say, yeah, I agree with that. But the thing that I want to impress upon people is experience is actually doing that. You're actually operationalizing that. You're actually making a difference, uh, you know, looking to try to, um, you know, to, like you say, reach beyond the walls. Um, can you give us an example of one or two examples of what that's looked like over the years? Yeah, I think that, um, and and we've said this repeatedly, but like like Kyle said, is not waiting pe- for people to come into the doors and counting that as reaching people. And so for us, we have to be very intentional about going out into the community and figuring out what are the needs of the community, because I think that each community has different needs, different atmospheres, different cultural things that are happening, and and for us to just figure out what's the easiest thing to do to serve people in the city, but it's not a need would actually work against us. So 
we did our homework. We worked with um, government officials. We worked with school systems. We worked with city parks. We we went around asking what's the need and what would be an open door to help people and that we could serve. So I think that's something that's really important. And sometimes we just for whatever reason, we don't do our homework to find out what our city needs from us. And so I think that was a really first step for us. Let's find out what does our city need from us and how can we be the light to them? And so um, in those conversations, we would find out that the schools, maybe the the school grounds needed cleaned up, or we'd find out some city park help was needed. We found out that there's certain neighborhoods, um, different neighborhoods that could use cleanup or could just use food. And we would figure out and be able to pinpoint those and we rally teams, rally resources, and then go out and serve that particular spot of our city in that way. And so I think uh, a few examples we've started. Well, currently we actually have a dream center. Um, Many listeners probably have heard of the dream center and that was a great model for us. But once again, just to reiterate, every community is different. So what works in LA wasn't needed in Defiance, Ohio, or looked different in in Defiance, Ohio. So even our dream center here will look different than other dream centers. But finding out how we could go out and serve, we would adopt different neighborhoods and we would take meals door to door, or we would host block parties and invite the students out. We would go help teachers um, in the beginning before the school would start, help set up their classrooms. Um, pretty soon, we got open spiritual invitations. For example, the schools would begin to call us and ask us to come do prayer walks before the school year would start. That happens every year wow. now. Come, come pray really? over every room and every teacher. So I think meeting those practical needs in the city and gaining the trust of our city and our leaders in the city has opened mm-hmm. spiritual doors as well for us to go out and actually take Jesus to the community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that, uh, you know, the progression there that has ultimately uh, ended up in some, you know, really significant conversations. Sticking with the research question, the getting out and listening, Justina, can you kind of pull apart what did that look like? How, how, like, did you literally just start talking to organizations? Did you call up the mayor? How how did you do that? What, What did that process look like? Yeah, it did. It, we would, um, most cities have accessible organizations that are meeting needs, whether it's food mm-hmm. pantries, other churches, other organizations. So we wanted to make sure that it didn't seem like we were trying to start something that already existed. If something already existed and was working well, we were trying to figure out how can we partner and support that, not compete with it. And, and mm-hmm. so I think sometimes as a church planter, it can feel intimidating, like, we feel like we either have to compete with something that's already going well rather than actually partner up and support. And I think the church is going to grow more rapidly when we learn how to partner and support. And so we would do that. We would call different food pantries, organizations. We um, had, again, being a rural community, it really opened a lot of doors for us to have more influence at a greater level. And so we had access to our mayor. We had access to our principals and administrators in the school system. And we would just make those phone calls and just say, we have teams and we have resource. How could we best serve you? Is there anything we we could do to support? We called the senior centers. So we really found touch points that already existed rather than just going out on our own, not knowing what was needed. And that really helped us. Yeah. I would even say too, one of the places, um, uh, that we adopted part of the community adopt a block was in kind of a, a rougher part of our community. We reached out to a church that was located in that, com- that part of our community and talked with the pastor said, how can we work together um, to, to, to love people and to serve people? And so we partnered with that church, but it was great because um, 
the chief of police found out about what we were doing going into the community once a month and just loving and serving people with this other church. And, and uh, after about maybe six months of doing this, called and reached out to us and said, we've actually seen the crime rate go down on the east side of the community since you guys have started the adoptive lock process. And so it's just wow. looking for those needs, partnering with other churches. Uh, even the mayor has been out with us serving meals to that part of the community. And so really just utilizing what's already there. Yeah. Sticking with this idea of um, serving the community, can you help me understand, and, and this may be a false kind of setup. You may not actually think this is true, but I'm trying to understand where the line between um, us as a church doing something in the community kind of for a marketing reason, like we're going to hand out water bottles uh, during the summertime because it's hot and they have our branding on it. And the kind of work you're talking about there, adopt the block, hey, we're going to try to go deep, All the, obviously, ultimately in a dream center. How, how, where does the kind of line begin and end in this process? Or is it just all the same? How do you kind of think about that, Kyle? Where, where, where's your header on, the, on that issue? Yeah, I mean, I think early on in the church plan, if I'm honest with you, it was we were much more uh, thinking marketing and how can we get yeah. people to come to the church, you know, because yeah. we're trying to launch something. We're trying to build something. But as we got into it, to be honest with you, it, we realized um, that really didn't matter. It, it was right. Uh, it was like, let's just love people right where they're at. And if we can get them plugged into any church in our community, the kingdom is winning. And so there was a shift that took place in our ministry where we became much more kingdom focused. And like, if we can, mm-hmm. if the big C church can win, we, we all win. And so if they go to another church, it doesn't, man, we're, there's plenty of people that need Jesus that, that we all can just love and, and reach. And so it really became about not even handing out water bottles and with our logo on it. It was like, mm-hmm. how, how can we give people a hand up, not just a handout? Like I want right. to resource, love, help, but how can we give them a hand up so they never go back to that place that they were in? And, and obviously some of that is, is resource and material and physical things. But we also know another major component is a spiritual issue. And so how can we meet both the physical and spiritual? I mean, Jesus did this when he fed the 5,000. He, he gave them the physical food and fed their bellies, but then spiritually he, he poured into them. And so how can we as mm-hmm. a dream center and even a church meet those same needs? So that became everything that, that we filtered uh, things through. Yeah, that's fantastic. Kyle, what's, what's the connection in your mind between um, your reaching out to the community and the growth that you've seen um, in what we would typically say is kind of from a church growth point of view. So attendance and then seeing people connected and ultimately taking steps towards Christ. How do you see those two things working together? How are they connected? Major. I mean, they're, it's a, that's a huge component. In fact, I talked to church planners, you know, all over the country and they'll ask me like, why, why do you think you're seeing the success and the growth and the attendance and, and all those things? And Obviously, I go through the traditional, your Sunday mornings need to be good and all that. But outside, you know, God obviously is doing it. But the truth is, it's the the going beyond the walls. It's like we have a reputation. We just love people right where they're at and we want to help. And and so to me, I think um, just people seeing the church cares, they came to me, those kinds of things. It it has produced. That is the reason. You know, honestly, Rich, that that is if we I'm convinced that if we were not a church that goes beyond our walls, we would not see uh, the growth and what God is doing in in, inside our walls. They Mm -hmm. go hand in hand. 
Yeah, absolutely. Justina, let's let's kind of talk about the Dream Center. We've kind of mentioned it. Give us a sense of that. What does that ministry look like? Um, give us kind of the framing, what you kind of the servicing you provide. How does that work? And and what did the kind of startup story? That's a massive jump. Like it's a huge jump from, hey, we're going to do a few things to, hey, maybe we should start a, a, a Dream Center. Give us kind of uh, what that looks, a little bit of the framework and, and what was the story behind, you know, kind of the startup there? Yeah, I think for us, it started like most churches across the nation have some sort of serve day. So the reality is if we would do one serve day per year and we would call it our big serve and and we would gather our, our church and our volunteers and offer this opportunity, we would have multiple projects to go out in our city. And so the first few years of the church plant, that's what we had the capacity to do was serve day. And in that we were planting seed both in the community and figuring out where's the fruit, what are the needs. Some of our projects would go over great and other projects would feel like we probably should never do that again because it just had no fruit. <laughs> it was not a need in the community, you know? Why are we and doing so that? Yeah, exactly. We, you figure that out by doing these serve project days. And so the first few years was just the single day. And then we found that we were gaining momentum. We were gaining reputation in the city. The city was needing more from the church asking us to come outside the walls. And so we started a few more projects more regularly. And then as we built those just regular serve days, for example, just starting with a, a block, before we were a dream center. And so we would have the adopt a block and that had fruit. And we got asked to move to another section of the city. And so I think those things just continued to build. The foundation was the serve day and teaching the people within the church how to get outside the walls Mm -hmm. and not just telling them to go do it, but actually facilitating opportunities. Right. Um, so, so we, we had to facilitate the projects. We had to facilitate the resources and make sure we were providing the space for people that were willing to go outside the walls, make, know it's safe to do that and to reach the community. And then eventually, as God continued to, to stir us, um, we had donors that w- had a building to give us that we could actually mm. set up shop, the Dream Center. Mm-hmm. And that was really mm-hmm. the starting point for us to have a actual base camp location that we would call Dream Center and then get staffing under that and resource under that. And then now within the Dream Center, like I said, each community is different on what is needed in that community. For us, we have a workforce program where people can come in and learn about plumbing, electricity, skilled needs um, for high school students and different people that are uh, collaborating with that. They come in and they go through 12, 13 weeks of this workforce training, and then we help them get jobs. That was a big need in our community. And so that has been really successful. We have um, a car a car program where we service cars for single moms and widows. And we have the the right skill set of volunteers, but also then we have the location where we can do that. We d- currently do first Saturday serves. So once a month, we facilitate projects. We invite volunteers to come be a part. And then we just go out and serve different projects each mm-hmm. Saturday. And so I think just finding what's right in your city, where the fruit is, where the need is, and what has God put within the church? So we haven't tried to start certain programs simply because we don't have those gifts around us in our leadership yet. And so you have to kind of line those two things up. What has God placed in your hand as far as the people within the church, the resource within the walls, the gifts within the walls? And then how can those things be used as open doors to reach the community? And then you're moving at God's pace within that. So we, we stayed on God's pace with that by lining those two things up. That's good. 
Yeah, that's really cool. You know, Kyle, as you look to the future, um, look up over the horizon a little bit. Um, what do you think kind of the next step is for your church in this this whole area? You know, when you think about how are we going to continue to serve? What will the future look like? Are there kind of any uh, maybe questions you're asking or things you're wondering about, uh, you, you know, what kind of where God might be leading you next in this? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a, a few things. Um you know, we're getting ready to launch Experience College um, mm. because we know the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And so how can we raise up leaders in our own community, um, in our own church? And so that next fall, we'll be launching Experience College. And so right now we're we're laying the foundation, partnering with SEU and um, and really getting ready for that because we see a huge need um, in ministry in the kingdom for workers. And so mm-hmm. we're, we're tackling, uh, have a lot of questions around that. Um but at the same time, we, we, we feel like God's called us uh, to plant more dream centers and more life-giving churches throughout Northwest Ohio. And so one of the, the biggest thing we're, we're praying on right now is what communities can we reach, you know, doing our research on, on the needs around us and other smaller, maybe rural communities, just, just what, what can we do? Where can we go? And just really praying and, and asking God, uh, you know, timing and strategy and all that. But those are some of the questions that were, because we realize it's not just in defiance uh, that needs uh, a dream center and a life-giving church and, and partnering with other churches and, and mobilizing really the church to go beyond the walls. And so how can we continue to expand what God's doing here in defiance, but then beyond throughout Northwest Ohio? Yeah, that's very cool. You know, this is an incredible story. I love what God's doing in your church. I love the the story he's writing uh, in your midst. I just, you know, I hope it's encouraging for folks that are listening in. Uh, Justina, w- think about a leader who might be listening in today who has been motivated by today and say, man, I, 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 we really need to um, take some first steps. We need to figure out what we can do to, um, you know, reach out into our community. It, it seems like we're in a season where uh, maybe the needs of our communities are a bit more exposed than they have been before. It might be a, a little more transparent to understand where some of those needs are. Uh, what would you say to a leader who's a bit nervous, though, who's saying, mm, I'm just not sure, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want this to, you know, either disrupt our church or maybe uh, derail our ministry, or I'm not sure what steps to take. What would you say to a leader who's maybe hesitant on on taking some of those first steps? I think a couple of things. Well, the first, and I don't mean for this to sound cliche, but the first thing <laughs> is to put it to prayer. Like, I, yeah, I no, think absolutely. that until God seals that in your heart, that you're taking that right step, that it is Him and gives you the wisdom you need on which is the right direction to start for our city, for our community, for our church. And so I would definitely be con- putting that thing to prayer and, and letting the Holy Spirit speak to it. But then Second of all, what something that I think Kyle did an amazing job, still does an amazing job with, is is you do have to start planting the seed through your series and sermons. Um, because mm. otherwise, nothing would be more discouraging than God has revealed to us as leaders that we need to get out in our community, but we've never shown scripturally the church mm. and planted that mm. seed in the church's heart. Then when nobody gets behind it or they don't understand the why behind going beyond the walls, that'll be a discouraging moment. And sometimes that will stay in gridlock. And so I think beginning a series may be a great first step of teaching and imparting, you know, what Jesus would have taught us through the scriptures on how important it is to go to people, to go serve our city, to go serve our communities and to get out there and reach the oppressed, the the widows, the orphans, the needy. And so I think um, you really got to plant that seed so that it can hearts can start to be open to the idea. Mm-hmm. And then and then the third thing would be 
um, finding out and asking God for open doors and contacts that you could start reaching out, whether it's the school systems, whether it's the city, their city officials in this time, whether it's other food pantries or other nonprofit organizations that you see doing good work. I think just starting small, not trying to create something maybe all on your own, unless God's leading it, find something that's already working and go start serving alongside that a, so you can learn and see your city from a different perspective. Mm. So I think those are the best first steps to getting out there. That's good. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I think that's super practical and helpful for folks as we're, you know, really wrestling with, you know, what what we should do next. Um, This has been incredible. I've really appreciated uh, both your encouragement, your practical, you know, help. I'm excited for churches to get connected with you and and to follow along because I really do think this is a great story for for church leaders to 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 learn more of. Uh, Kyle, anything kind of parting words, last things you'd like to share with us as we kind of wrap up today's episode? Yeah, I mean, I, I think even as we talked, uh, Dream Center um, and, and going beyond the walls, when we launched that, I think, you know, leadership is everything. And so one of the things that was, it was key in the Dream Center is finding the right leader to to run that organization and run that part of, mi- of the ministry. And so uh, we know that organizations rise and fall on leadership. And, and so we wanted to partner with the right leadership. But then, two, as we talk culture in the church, um, and really inspiring our people to grab a hold of the Great Commission and going beyond the walls. Um, we have to have you know message series and be, be good at inspiring people, but remembering our own story. Like, what did God do in us? Like, how did He change us? That I never want to forget my first love. I never want to forget where I would be without the cross, where I would be without his love, where I would be without his grace in my own life. And if we can lead from from that level and really remind people, remember where you were at before God's love changed you. Remember, there's a whole bunch of people beyond these walls that we're going to go out. We're going to love them right where they were at because God loved us right where we were at. And if we can continue to cast that vision, because that's God's heart and really remind our people, man, they they will they will go beyond the walls and then all of a sudden when God uses them to, to mm. pray for somebody, when God uses them to be a light in somebody else's life, man, they won't stop serving. They won't stop going beyond <laughs> right. it because that at, at, at that moment, this is that, 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 that's their favorite church experience because God used them to to love somebody when they, they were down and out. And so that's the church and that's who God's called us to be. Oh, this has been fantastic. Uh, Justina, if people want to follow along with the story, if they want to connect with you guys, where do we want to send them online? How do we want to get them connected with Experience Church? Sure, you can find Experience Church and just um, so that everybody knows, there's no E, it's Experience starting with an X. So if you're Googling it, but um, it's xchurch.tv is the website that they can go to. And there is also an Experience Church app um, and we're on Facebook and Instagram. So any of those, those modes, they'd be able to track us down. Nice. I appreciate you guys being on the show today. Thank you for taking time out. And I uh, hope this has been an encouraging uh, conversation for folks that have been listening in. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for having appreciate us. it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter 
at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.